going on, good people? Welcome to Life School. I'm Reverend Kojo. I am your host. We've got a lot to talk about today. Look, Life School is not about getting your panties in a bunch. It's about talking about the hard-hitting topics that you're going through today. If you're struggling, I want to talk about it. If you're hurting, I want to talk about it. If you're just flat up confused, let's talk about it too. Why? Because this is Life School. What's going on, good people? I'm so glad you decided to join us today. We got some really, really interesting stuff to go to talk about. Um, and I think it, it it all begins and ends with um, this this thing that life seems to be hard. Uh, we find ourselves over and over again in situations that we think we ought not be in, and we find ourselves struggling over and over and over again. And a lot of times we, I, I struggle to understand why. And I think if you'll indulge me, you know, I, I'm all about the food. I write about food. I talk about food. I preach about food. But to me, food helps explain a lot of it. And I think it comes down to two, two items. Um, and, and the first one, I think, is if we don't have an understanding of what faith is, we'll forever miss um, a lot of situations because we'll be like, God, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. Why is this not working? Well, like I, I, I have faith, but we don't know what faith is. So we know that Hebrews 11, we call the uh, hall of faith. And we, where we find this list of people who by faith, uh, got whatever God had coming to them. Um, but it starts off, and what I love about, about God is he starts it off as he defines faith. And he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope is the container. Faith is the stuff that makes the container work. So hope is what holds it. Hope is like, it's there, but something has to employ it. Okay. And so what, what you know, like, where is your faith employed? Like you you can, there can be hope, but if you don't believe that the hope is there, it's like, it's there, but it's not being used. It's like a glass and lemonade. And so the glass is cool. It's there, but it's not functioning in its gift until there's lemonade in the glass or there's water in the glass or there's milk in the glass. And so it has, it requires something to employ it in order for hope to work. Now, I like to think of faith like lemonade, okay? And I, to me, it just breaks it down a little bit. You know, lemonade is made of three parts. And, you know, you got water, and water to me is like believing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a substantial part of faith. Like, without, without believing, like, there is no faith. You need the water to, in order for it to be called faith. But in order for it to be faith, yet it still needs to have a little sweetness. And so speaking it and writing it. So when you speak things, you give it life. When you write it, you have written a vision. You've made a plan. It's like you made a contract with yourself and God. And so when you speak it and you write it, it's like adding the sugar. Like it, it begins to start to taste like lemonade, but it's not quite lemonade. It's not everything that it's supposed to be yet. And then I believe that lemons is what makes it lemonade. This it's not lemonade without lemons. Um, you can, you can, you had sugar water prior, like it was sweet. It was almost lemonade, but it wasn't quite. And lemons to me is like enduring. See, 
we are we live in a microwave society where we believe that you should get whatever is coming to you quick, fast, and in a hurry. And if it doesn't come quick, fast, and in a hurry, it's not worth waiting for. And so we're trained to believe that we can go and expedite the process by putting um, a hurry on it. I remember growing up as a kid, we'd have pizza, we'd have pizza left over from the next day, and my mom would always put her pizza in the oven because it made the cr- the crust crunchy again and it tasted closer to what it originally tasted like. When my sister and I grew up, we would go put it in the microwave because we could have our pizza in 30 seconds to a minute where mama was waiting 30 minutes where her pizza always tasted better. Her pizza always had more flavor. It almost had, it always had the integrity of what it was supposed to be because her pizza had undergone a reheating process. It had gone through some things. And so reheating the taking taking the time and enduring with the lemons okay i know food everywhere but it, taking your time and enduring makes faith 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 is not a lot of it's not really faith if it just happens immediately like you believe that it happened and it did there was hope and you employed the faith but really employed faith like longevity long lasting faith uh it 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 takes some time to muster and to to mature Abraham was given a promise in his old age that he had to wait for a long time to happen. Noah was given a prophecy about a flood 120 years prior to it happening. Moses was told that he was going to deliver the children out of Israel. And it took a hundred, he, it took him well, well over that. Like he spent 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the desert in exile where God had to break him down before he could finally go and deliver the children of Israel out of Israel. It was 40 years in between the time that he saw an issue with what was going on in in Egypt up uh, to the time that he had to go back and try to deliver these folks out of out of out of bondage and and see often there is a requirement of of us of to have faith and the thing about faith is if enduring faith is real faith because the question is will you still trust God even when it is taking too long and when it hurts and when it's frustrating and when you feel like you're about to throw in the towel and you pick the towel back up and you'd be ready to throw it in again and then you pick it back up and you're ready to throw in two towels because you, you're, you're just so spent and so upset and just so frustrated. But the thing about faith is faith endures. You know, I, you know, I believe I really like Romans 5 because the way Romans 5, Romans 5 resonates with me, it starts in verse 3. He says, but tri- trials, worketh, uh, trials worketh patience, and patience worketh experience, and experience works hope. Well, we just dealt with what hope is, but you have to get to certain places to understand that there was hope. Now, the hope was there all the time, but the hope had not existed in your mind because it looks so bleak. Because the tri- usually when you see a trial, you think that there is no hope. Or you might see the hope at the beginning, but somewhere along the trial, you, we begin to lose hope because things look bleak because we've had to cultivate patience. And as we've had to cultivate patience, we're now experiencing some things. And in our experience, God opens that modicum of hope all over again. But if you don't endure, you never get to the hope part. And so your faith has nowhere to go. And so, you know, when we're going through some things, faith is, is, is important. If you don't have faith, you don't have anything. If you can't hold on to your faith, you can't hold on to anything. And, and it's, it's a ugly and it's a frustrating place to be, but we need to hold on to our faith because our faith is the thing that God honors. It's the fine thing that we find grace with God with. When we have faith, you know, it was by faith that Enoch got taken and he didn't have to experience death. It is by faith that 
that God gave Noah, uh, 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 saved Noah's house, and they were, were able to come into the new the post-flood world. It is by faith that Abraham was given Isaac and became the father of the faithful, the father of many nations. It is by faith that all of these things happen. And and it is not through any goodness of these people's own. It was just this trusting that God was going to do and be God. And so when we begin to look at the state of our own lives and we begin to look at what's going on in our own lives and why these, these storms are raging and why our lives are falling apart, it's important that we think that we understand that whatever God is doing, that he's able to do what we're asking. You know, and, but that doesn't mean that he's going to do it. It just means we have to trust that he's able to do what we're asking. Think about this. And Kirk Franklin made this illustration, and, and I think it's a really good illustration. You know, have you ever eaten butter? Now, as a kid, I used to eat butter, and, and he said it was nasty. And, and, and I think in, in, in by itself, maybe now that I'm not three, it's nasty. Uh, but you, most people don't eat butter by itself. You know, most people are not going to go pick up a fistful of flour and eat the flour. You're like you're gonna choke <laughs> trying to get it down. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have flavor. It's not good. It's not something that we just go sneak and eat. You know, we don't. Very few people go pick up raw eggs and just eat raw eggs. Now, you know, gym rats do. Um, and I thought about it for the purposes of building muscle. But most people don't just go eat eggs. Like you just. You, you might scramble them. You might boil them. You you might put them in something. But rarely do people just eat eggs for for the, for the sake of it. Because it's nasty. You know, it's slimy. It's gross. Like, the flour is going to make you choke, and there's no, no way to get it down. You know, the butter is just, it's just like, I just feel like I'm, I would, I would feel like I'm having a heart attack. But none of these things taste good on their, their own. But when you eat a cake, cake is good. Eat some biscuits. You know, I'm a big biscuit fan. All the biscuits are great. Oh, you sit down and you have some cookies. Whew, Wonderful. All of the, all three of these things are in those items. All, all three of those things are tasty, but by themselves, they are disgusting in life. We, we got, we call God the master chef or the master baker. He, he gives us the right amount of whatever we need. Sometimes we need a little bit of vilification. People, people need to talk about us and, 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 and scrutinize our names. Other times he, a little bit of humiliation needs to happen. And we got to get knocked down because our ego has gotten too big. It has exploded and it's become too large. Sometimes we, we get put in situations where we, we got to be broke for a season and we need to understand what the struggle feels like. And we need to be cultivating new hope and new experiences and new patience so that we can deal with somebody, that we can walk with somebody, we can, you know, experience them. Uh, sometimes we have to go through a season where we're all by ourselves and we don't have any friends and we can't call on family and we can't, we can't tap into the things that we used to tap into because he, he's teaching us to depend on him but as he cultivates all of these ingredients in our lives as he's cultivating these things and they they hurt they pinch that we're being picked and prodded at as we're we're undergoing things that we're not really interested in undergoing he's creating something new and something fresh something all over something just brand new in our lives and when he does these things we find these, we will be able to tap into a new dimension. There will be something different about you. And especially those of us who, who are in ministry and not even those who are not in ministry, because you may not be in ministry and you may not be in the pulpit, but you might be in a, in a position where there is something that you can give to somebody else. But if there is no substance to you, you might look good on Instagram. 
You might look good on YouTube, but if there is no substance in you and you try to mentor somebody, try to lead somebody in something, when they really, when, when push comes to shove, when there is no substance on the inside of you, they can't draw from anything. If there's no substance on the inside of you, you can't be a good spouse. You can't be a good parent. You know, you've got to endure some things so that the lessons that you have learned, you can give to somebody else. You know, for those of us in ministry, if there is, you've not gone through anything, that there's no substance on the inside of you, how do you feed a flock? You know, ministry is the residue. It is the overflow of what is going on in your own life. If you never undergo anything, if nothing ever happens, if nothing ever hurts you, if nothing ever offends you, what are you going to give to other people? You know, a lot of people, you know, I give, I give a lot of relationship advice. I do a lot of, it's funny, I'm not married, but I do a lot of marital counseling. I do a lot of relationship counseling. A lot of people come and seek me out to help put their relationships together. And they don't understand why their relationships aren't working, but their relationships are built off of a fallacy that they tried to convince somebody that they were. They saw them on Instagram. They were one person while they were dating. And now that the real person has come, come out, they have been baited with a bait that says, this is who I am, but they're trying to slip in the real person. They're being, they're being bound with the reality of something that they were not baited with. Okay? What, what, what are you talking about? You, and this is me being fickle because it goes much deeper than this. You got fake hair on your head. You got fake eyelashes, fake nails. But when you take it all off and now that we're married, I look at you and you don't look like you did when I met you. Now, surely I hope you fell in love with this person's soul and their mind. But I've been baited with, with, with something that's false. You baited me. And this happens. This has happened to me more times than I can count. You baited me with this, this, oh, I, I love the Lord act. I love to go to church. I go to this church. I'm saved and sanctified. And, and I, I, you know, I love the Lord. I, let's go to Bible study together. And after we'd been together a while, you hit me with, oh, well, I hadn't been to church in, in months. <laughs> uh, I, I really am not down with all this prayer stuff. You know, we can pray over the food, but I, this waking up at five o'clock in the morning thing to pray, I'm not really down with that. Uh, th this idea that uh, you, 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 you know, you preach all these times on a Sunday. You know, why can't we just go on a picnic on a Sunday? I really don't want to go to church. And see, I, I try to bait you with who I am. And I, that may be why I'm perpetually single. Or, or <laughs> I go long season sometimes of being single. Because I like to show you this is what it is and this is what it ain't. And, and, and people are not used to that. But, but we go through these things and we endure these seasons and we get baited with these things and we're in these relationships with people and we, we don't understand why they're not working. We don't understand why it's not working. And then we get upset and call it a trial because we're going through some things. Some things are self-inflicted and some things are meant to prepare you for what God has coming for you. Some things are meant to get you ready for the next level. And sometimes we have to go through some things with some people. Sometimes we have to endure a relationship that was not good so that we can appreciate a relationship that is healthy.
Sometimes we have to be up under a pastor that is not caring for our souls so that when we get up under one who is caring for our souls, that we can appreciate what God has given us. Sometimes we have to go in, go, go to a school where we have to struggle for everything. So when we get to one where we, where everything clicks, we can appreciate the lessons and the teachers that we have. Sometimes we have to endure some friendships that are, are that are sour and that are manipulative so that when we encounter a friend that is real, we can spot them from a mile away because we can distinguish the fake from the real. Sometimes we have to endure some things y'all, but see what I love about God is God will give you just the right, right amount of turmoil and he'll give you the, just the right amount of goodness and he'll mix it all up in this, this thing called your life. And when the cake comes out, you'll be able to handle it because you'll not only be dressed right with the right kind of icing, but you have the right substance to fit your icing. See, sometimes, look, y'all know I use cupcakes for relationships, but think about the cake. Sometimes we are the right, the right cake with the wrong icing. Now, you know, I use this, this analogy for relationships, but let's think about ourselves. Sometimes we are a, 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 a strawberry cake with chocolate icing. I would never eat it. I would never eat it. I don't, I hate strawberry, but I would never go pick out a strawberry cake and eat the, the chocolate icing. And so people are being baited with this idea that you are a chocolate cake. And so they think you have this gift and that you would be something. And so they cut into you and they get ready to draw from you. And when they cut into you, they see that you are something that you, that they, what they expected from you is not what they saw. And you, 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 and so you're looking like, well, what's wrong? And because you have dressed yourself in a way that does not fit what God has put on the inside of you, it's <clears throat> How, how can I put this? How can I put this? See, sometimes God, God puts you in the pathway of certain people so that you can impact them a certain way. But how, how are they supposed to identify that you're what they've been praying for when you are dressed in, a, in, a, in another way? And I'm not even talking about your physical clothes. I'm talking about God has blessed you and, 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 and ordained you to sing, but you're trying to preach. God has blessed you to play the piano, but you don't want to go anywhere near the piano. You're trying over here be, to be an usher. God has blessed you and given you the gifts to be able to calculate numbers like never before. And, and you were on the way to an accounting degree, but somebody that you like convinced you to come over here and get a, a degree in PE. And so you're dressed as a PE teacher, but you're a mathematician. God has, God has ordained you to be Leslie's husband, but you're over here chasing all of these loose women in the street. You've got everything for Leslie. You've got every tool. You've got every gift for this person. God put you on this earth for this person. You all fit together. But because you are convinced that something else is you, you have dressed yourself in a way that you are trying to be something that you're not. And so when, when we start thinking about why our lives are going awry, I think there are several reasons. Yeah, we, some of us are, are, are walking in the wrong thing. And just because everybody around us is doing it, we're convinced that that's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, how foolish would I be? I love music, and I love the piano. And, but in this season, God is not calling me to pursue music that way. But because I love the piano, and I love being around musicians, and I love church culture, or music church, church, church music culture, that I go chase that thing that God is not telling me to do in this season. How foolish would I be 
You know, God is, God has given me a multitude of gifts, but I go and decide that I want to be a baker. I can't bake, but I decide I'm going to go be a baker because I like the way cake tastes. And so I try to go pursue something and I'm bubbling over with, with promise and I'm pregnant with possibility in, 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 in a whole bunch of other areas. I can go be a developer. I can go be a financial advisor. I can go preach the gospel and I can go write a blog and do a podcast and I can encourage you and I can come speak to you. But I'm over here convinced that I'm going to be a baker because I like the way that cake tastes. And so I'm missing my calling. Some of us are convinced because we like to drive. Hmm. that we're going to go and pursue a, a, a career driving NASCAR. And that might be your calling. But, but God has said, okay, you can drive, but I see you being the CEO of that company. I'm going to give you the cars, but you got to stay in order. We get so focused on what our mouth is prepared for that we don't see what our body needs. We get so focused on the ingredients that life has given us that we don't see the cocktail that it's making. We get so focused on the issues that are flowing from our heart that we forget to let gratefulness flow from our hearts. We get so focused on what everybody else around us is doing that we miss what God is doing in our lives. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. There are so many things that God wants to do in your life and through you. And it's not going to look like what mama and daddy said. It's not going to look like what your little brother is doing. As your best friends, we are probably not going to live mirror image lives, but that is okay. You've just got to become content with what God wants to do in you. And if you can become content in what God wants to do in you, everything else will fall in line. I spent two years of my life, well, maybe about a year, spent about a year of my life depressed, <laughs> preaching the word, depressed, directing three, four choirs, depressed, teaching Bible studies everywhere, depressed, getting dressed, depressed, losing friends, depressed, losing relationships, depressed, blogging, depressed. People coming over here asking me for advice and encouragement, depressed. And you know why I was depressed? Because people were telling me what I was supposed to be. And instead of saying, well, God has shown me this, I tried to contort myself to be what people had told them, what people told me I was supposed to be. Because they said, oh, well, God told me to tell you. And I talk to God every day. And so I was depressed and miserable and I was losing friendships and I'm feeling terrible. I got people buying me clothes and they, I, they don't even come out of the same type of stores that I like to shop in. And, and, and I'm, I'm being primed and prodded and they talking about do this to your hair, do that to your hair. You need to be this and you got to do that. You, 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 you don't fit the mold that, that, that you're supposed to fit. And so since you don't fit that mold, we got to stuff you in this box. Depressed. And then I came across something that I wrote several years ago, a blog post I wrote several years ago. 
And it was entitled, Live for Christ, Dress for You. And I've reposted it recently, but, and I had forgotten God had already given me what I needed. He had already given me everything that I needed. And I, we, we get so stuck on these ideas and these images that you'll miss your calling focusing on the circumstances. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. He has so much more for you. Appreciate your ingredients. Embrace your faith. And live in your calling. If you'll do that, you'll live a, you'll live a life fulfilled. You'll live a life fulfilled. If you're living for Christ and you're doing what he told you to do and you're paying attention to what he's doing and you're asking the question, would God be pleased if you're checking your heart and making sure that your heart is in the right place and you're just making sure that you and you can sleep at night, you will live a life fulfilled. But don't get mad about the circumstances. Don't get mad when things are falling apart. Because it's just being part of the ingredients to your life well lived. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. This is Reverend Kojo, y'all. Uh, make sure you're checking out ReverendKojo.com. You know, pick, out, pick up a book. If you haven't picked up Call to the Pit, Craving the Pit, or Pregnant with Possibility, they're great reads. I believe God um, did some wonderful things in those books in these seasons. Um, if you, you know, there's new content daily from Where's Kojo to Food Ventures to uh, the Blackboard and, and, of course, Life School and uh, Bible School. There's stuff going out every day. Um, Make sure that you're checking it out. I I believe God is doing some wonderful things in this season through that website. Um, There's some other things that are not quite right, but that I think what he's, what we're doing there, God is, God is truly, truly uh, making work. Y'all be blessed. And until next time, this has been Life School.